Hi, and welcome to the Filmhouse Podcast. This week we'll be discussing the 2023 Ari Aster smash hit psychodrama comedy opus, Bo is Afraid, formerly Disappointment Boulevard. I have the only two people here uh, in the office that that have seen the film. In the city, I think. In the whole city, maybe. Charlotte Charlotte and uh, Jacob? Well, we we could have brought on the couple that was in the theater with me, but they left at the two-hour mark. Uh Whoa. (laughs) I also had, uh, uh, I was in a packed house on, like, the Friday it was released, limited in L.A., and I probably had, we probably had at least 15 to 20 walkouts. You had walkouts in yours. Oh, I yeah. Had a no, yeah, we both theater. did. Really? Yeah, that was wow. that couple. They left at the two-hour mark. Oh, I guess, left. yeah, that's true. And and obviously, we can't talk about this film without giving incredibly big spoilers. So there will be this will be full of spoilers. And so starting with right now, specifically, everyone <laughs> left, uh, a lot of people left during the giant penis monster scene. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I, I will say, if you didn't leave before that and you're just here, like... <laughs> I think you'll enjoy this, even if you have no interest <laughs> yeah. in the film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally. like this movie. I, I like this movie, too. That's the worst part. <laughs> <laughs> it's too long. Yeah, it's do, really oh, long. Oh, the, the, Okay, yeah. Let's get that yeah, out of the we way. Gotta re- yeah. Let, let's yeah. go back. Okay, you say you like the movie. I mean, uh, do you have any... <laughs> do you, you just like the movie? Is there any uh, uh, commentary? I mean, I was going to get it deeper into it, because we got sure. a lot to talk about. But what mm. the heck is this movie even about? Well, okay. We're, gonna, <laughs> we're not going to get yeah. to that point yet. I don't think I like the movie overall. You don't think you like the movie? Yeah, you know, I like... I definitely enjoyed parts of it you know there's things i i loved even throughout the movie um I, that that it's doing that I, I really like too and just the way it was shot and everything but then there's parts of this movie i think i kind of hated or was either a big slog or felt really pretentious or just oh, too yeah. stupid you know which which is weird for me to say because i love my my uh I'm curious i know we we don't want to just jump into it but i'm curious which parts were too stupid yeah those just, parts it, i think i was too stupid it's less that it's too stupid and more just like like obviously like you just alluded to you kind of are like all right what is this all amounting to what is the point of this so to me i'm there's a certain point in the film where i'm like i don't think this is about anything or i don't think that this this section really uh <laughs> seemingly is adding anything to this story. Maybe I'm wrong. Do you have examples? We'll talk about it. Yeah, let's talk about it here. Yeah, I want to hear what let's, your thoughts were. First, it'll also help me remember what happened. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I, I don't have like a, uh, uh, I think it'll be funny just because it's so long and rambling for us to just basically uh, say, let's give everyone the plot log Let, line well, of the let's, thing. Well, let's, let's get the biggest thing out of the way first. This movie is way too fucking long. Yeah, that's the, uh, that's Three obviously hours. the worst part it's, of the film. That is, 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 is the worst part. Is, yeah. is how long it is. It's, it's punishingly long. By the end of it, especially when, once the credits rolled, people were a lot of, I can feel the energy in my uh, theater where people were kind of furious. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> people were kind of irate in mind, but it was just so, <clears throat> I don't know, I thought we were at the end stretch and then there's another half hour. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it's it just, Keeps going, and I'm not usually the first to complain about a long movie. Oh, I totally am. You, you are. You and James talk about it all the time. Yeah, Patrick as well. I don't mind I'm long sure, movies. Okay, so Jacob and I, <laughs> we're part of the long movie caucus. Yeah, but you know, I, I, I'm a big tar head. <laughs> I love I drive my car. I wasn't too bothered by the Batman's length, although I kind of am because I don't think I'm gonna see it again. Mm-hmm. But like this one, I was like, you and I like it. like Dune. I like Dune a lot. Yeah. But like watching this, I was like. Oh my god! Yeah, like, and like not just like that. There's too much movie. Is that there's not enough movie for three hours? Absolutely. Because there are some things like I just watched Blade Runner twenty forty nine, and that is a movie that it it does wear its length pretty much on its sleeve. But there's so much there 
that it fills that space. And yeah. I think you could make an argument either way, but this one, it's just like, it's sparse. Like, it's like an amazing It's top loaded, man, yeah. yeah. Like it, it gets quieter as it goes on. And yeah. like, yeah, I just wanted to say that. Out of, out I agree. Office. Yeah, I mean, I, I've mentioned it uh, in in recordings and stuff before, but yeah, if, if you can earn your three hour long runtime, I'm totally cool with it. There's t- a plenty of, of three hour long movies I'm into that were made by the masters. You know, mm-hmm. obviously the Goodfellas or Titanic or something like Dinotopia. that. Dinotopia. It was Dinotopia. technically a series of TV specials. <laughs> but but yeah. man, this does not to me deserve to be three hours, and that really is a big <laughs> check mark against it. So anyway, what this movie's about, we'll try to recap it best we can. Artist. It's yeah. Uh, this guy named Bo. He's, Bo. It starts with him being born in Joaquin the womb. Phoenix. Joaquin Phoenix. Um, and it's essentially uh, his mom dies, seemingly. She gets uh, a chandelier uh, dropped on her head. Yes. And um, he has to go to the funeral, obviously. But while, while he's packing, and uh, uh, somebody steals his keys and his bags. Yes. Right? Basically everything goes wrong. Everything right? goes wrong. And then the rest of the movie is basically him trying to make it to his mom's funeral but a whole bunch of wacky hijinks ensue, with, yeah. including him getting uh, t- uh, hit by a car with by Nathan Lane, and naked. they're uh, yeah naked in their and while he's trying by the birthday boy uh, yeah. stabber yeah. while he's trying to uh, uh, to get a <laughs> buy a glass of water right or a, no a that was after he. So he ventures out a couple times. That's when he's in the tub, and then he looks up and he goes like, "Help me!" Oh yeah, Help there's me. somebody <laughs> hiding in his tub. That That's was one of weird. the few like, bono, like actual scares. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it scared me. I was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> I don't know. I just like, I guess we can start there. So it starts in his apartment. This mm-hmm. like shithole, in like, the what what like is like would be the most suburban person's greatest fear about what a city is. Yeah, it's like yeah. Fox News's view of and a city. And it's so funny. <laughs> yeah. I, it's like I graffiti thought, people killing each other in the streets. I liked because it was like, it was like someone turning the dial all the way up, <laughs> which is what I like, you know, obviously I'm not saying I'm making things on uh, the same sort of caliber and yeah. level as Ari Aster or even film, but like, when I do something, I like to layer out. I know you guys do it too, but like I'm thinking about like gift guide because I like when it's like everything constantly yeah. and it's so overwhelming. And then you you super like go between those moods and like just like there are two guys constantly wrestling with one having his eyes gouged out, just out. screaming, just like ah, and then there's like another people stabbing. There's a guy that drops his soup, and there's like a corpse in the intersection, yeah. and it. <clears throat> Joaquin Phoenix, Bo, is the most afraid man. He's the most anxious. It's hard to watch him at first because he's the most anxious man. Yeah. And like watching him contend with it, I I don't know. That was my my favorite parts of the movie were the ones where like on when the street he's, when he's buying a bottle of water and he's propped open the door because he doesn't have his keys and then just yeah. like the because unwashed masses just all shuffle in. There's like a really yeah. tall guy because he's trying to eat. He needs the water because he needs to take his meds. But he yes. his, the water in his apartment shut off, uh-huh. so he's got just like these meds in his throat, and he reads the label says you'll die if you. <laughs> it just says don't absolutely don't take with water, and it's like you know if someone we'll has anxiety, yeah. or don't take yeah take with water, and like anxiety like gets in your head where you're like oh my god I didn't do this menial step now I'm gonna die. Yeah, it's like the worst possible outcome for every minor mistake. Yes, yes. yeah, exactly. Is, like is part you, of the beginning you know, of this how movie. often have you like? Been like, I just have to leave my keys in the door for a second while I run back into yeah. the house, and then like, oh no, they've been stolen. Like, <laughs> it's 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 so good, and like, it's so funny. Like, this movie's really funny when yeah. it's like hitting. I agree. Yeah, the, the, the world building aspect of the whole street he's on, and just how fucked up 
uh, it is is great. Yeah. Like, yes. Quick side note, because I laughed Sean to some of the stuff that I was seeing in the background. It's just I laughed unreasonably hard. At, it was like a poorly drawn image of a man with his with an erect penis yes. pissing over his up into the air into uh, his own mouth with the caption "Don't mind if I do." Yes. Yeah. yeah the, gra- <laughs> the graffiti felt so real. <laughs> Don't mind if I do. Pissing into your own mouth. It's just it's just, it's just awesome stupid. and like. He's, his life is such a nightmare, and he's such a sad, just grotesquely this a fearful, lumpy, lumpy, pathetic creature. Well, okay, th- that gets <laughs> us to basically uh, what do we make of all this? Like, is in terms of like I said, the, the world building is great, but to what end? What is the point of it all? Is it is it is it a big just metaphor for anxiety in itself? Or, no, like, I don't think is so. It, is it our is it even real? How much of this is like actually it's how a, he views the world? Yeah, is it a totally unreliable narrator? Kind of just his perception of the universe, you know, or or does it even matter? What is y'all's thoughts on all that? I figure it doesn't really matter. Like it's just like he, it's how he views the world, and that is enough to like motivate him or hold him back. Yeah, yeah. I I don't think I think I mean it's very surreal. Yeah, and it a lot of it is open to interpretation. But like this is a movie about him and his mother, mm-hmm. um, which is what spurs this whole like epic voyage because it is like a fucking odyssey is what it feels like. And like I don't know, I'm I'm already a little fuzzy on the movie. <laughs> like there's already stuff I don't remember. But I guess like the whole chain of events is brought on by the passing of his mother, which at one point he's feeling grief. Like, mm-hmm. he's, like, in shock. He stands there for however many hours after he finds out. And he still doesn't know for sure, but, like, they're pretty sure. And then, but also, like, uh, it's, like, almost like you're watching, like, this character grow for the first time because he's not, like, living in relation or under control of his mother, who even after she dies, her presence is felt everywhere in the movie and in the world because her company, which the logo is shown at the beginning, uh, the MW thing, is... Yeah ever present it's like if she were like a walton so like i don't know i feel like we actually do see him like grow uh and achieve things and see what his life could be or could have been if if things had gone differently or if he could still do things differently in the theater troupe part yeah which went too long (laughs) way too long in my opinion but like i don't know like it's it's like you see him like struggle with this like internal and external like fight that that causes him this anxiety and like the second he like makes a gets a win he just gets knocked back but like he continues on forward i don't know like that's really summed up not to jump ahead too far but with the parker pussy stuff which was amazing Amazing. yeah constant like it, it always comes up it's like anytime he does just like a little something for himself like something that's just like even the tiniest bit selfish he gets punished horribly for it like disproportionately yeah for what he decided to do like oh he didn't pack his floss well his luggage and his key got stolen and he can't go visit his mom and then she gets crushed by a chandelier exactly yes <laughs> which is like ties in, that's like the, the whole guilt thing it's mm-hmm. like it doesn't really explicitly say it in the movie it's like oh like in this situation it's like if i had made it home tonight maybe she wouldn't have gotten crushed by Mm. chandelier which ends up tying into the end of the movie i think guilt is you know if you have if you were forced to sum up the themes of this movie i think guilt and just neuroses in general is it It, it, uh, the way ari to oster he's in a bunch of interviews and he describes the movie in really funny ways it doesn't really tell you what 
is really in his head, I think, but but it kind of gives you an idea. He calls it like a, a Jewish Lord of the Rings. <laughs> That's uh, true. That's true. He said, I wanted to make a movie that was like a video game, but where your character can't do anything and none of the buttons work. Sure. Uh, That's great. But then he also... You really do feel powerless watching this <laughs> sad sack operate. You're like... Fuck's sake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Speak. Do something. <laughs> this person in the interview also said, like, you know, so what is this movie trying to say? And according to Oster, it couldn't be more straightforward. He goes, I wonder, I worry it's too obvious. Like, it's right there. There's nothing to talk about. And I'm like, what are you talking about? This whole movie seems like it's begging to be interpreted, you know, um, in different ways. So, yeah. Any thoughts on all those things? You know, death of the author, all that. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think his other movies might have been a little more straightforward because I didn't Absolutely. have that many questions after either Hereditary or Midsommar. Yeah, and in terms of our relation to those movies, for, for me, uh, I like Midsommar so much. I liked it more than Hereditary. That's your favorite? That's my favorite of his, mm-hmm. of his movies so far. And then Hereditary, I, I feel like other people like it more than me. It's still good. But mm-hmm. like this is by far my least favorite of his. Yeah. You know, I also, I don't know if y'all have seen the short film that this is based on, Bo. Mm-hmm. It's basically just the scene of a dude uh, getting his, his keys and um, bag stolen. It's like just that scene in the movie. Right. Which I was like, okay, that's I mean, good. you bring up like the short film that it's based on. It feels like this whole movie is just made out of short films. Uh-huh. Like you can just well, take yeah. that whole beginning bit before he goes on his journey and like, there it is. That's the short film, and it's fine. <laughs> yeah, which I think works. That That's part of the epic, right? Yeah. Like, I haven't really read the classics in a long time. But I remember when I was in school and I did read them. That is, like, a lot of it. Like, just wash up on the shores of, like, a different place. Yeah. Then you have that kind of experience. Then you get washed away. You're not with the Lotus Eaters anymore. I don't know. I just, I, like, uh, I just, I'm remembering it fondly as the, like, bits between things that go super long start to yeah. fade. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like the it's just so funny and jarring. Like I, I think that's I guess if we want to just continue on, we could talk about the suburbs with Nathan Lane and uh-huh. uh, what's and the her paint, name? Amy the paint Ryan. Girl. Yeah, the paint, the paint girl. girl. That scene was awesome. That was disturbing. <laughs> yeah, it's she, like the whole like kind of second act. It is, it is Second of six or seven yeah, acts. Sure. <laughs> where like after he gets hit by the car naked because he's like. That was the best scene in the movie to me. Where he's was... running around naked. Because he's running away from the guy, right? That falls out, out of his ceiling. Right. Yeah. Well, yes. yeah. He's running from those people and then he runs into the street naked and then uh, gets hit by the ambulance. Yes. Yeah. And then we find out was stabbed after he got hit by the car. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> it's, he, yeah. Oh, God. It's like it's the whole. Breaking down the whole series of events because, like, he goes to take a bath because, you know, why not? And that's when I get your first glimpse of his absolutely enormous scrotum. Oh, yes. I forgot about that. Huge yes. Ball. It was and like it, I saw it at the top of the screen. I was like, what was that? Yeah, it was perfectly cut, too, because it wasn't like they focused on it. It's just enough yeah. where I'm like, did I just see a huge pair of nuts right there? <laughs> <laughs> sure enough, I did. And, like, it wasn't until much later that I'm like, I think Nathan Lane brings it up. like, your testicles are quite distended. I'm like, oh, they were really big. <laughs> now, I'm just putting this actually together. Uh, uh, Rick's face. R- r- remind me the 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 reason that we get for that in the movie. Like, why are his balls so big? 
because he has never ejaculated. Okay, th- th- yeah, th- that, I actually don't think I, I don't think I had really put that together until right now. That that it was because his mom convinced him that yeah that, that his it, all of it, his dad, his grandpa, the whole line they've only kind of came died. Once. Yeah, they <laughs> came once and they had each that other. Heart murmur. That heart murmur. And so he was convinced that if he ever uh, came, that his uh, he'd die. So that's how that's why his balls were so big. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, that's how it works. Kind of forgot about that part. Um. And then, yeah, obviously, uh, he wasn't. So he, that brings me to a good point. His mom told him that. Yeah. Right. So to me, also, uh, you know, a part of this movie is almost like Bo's been abused, basically, by oh, his yeah. mom, like into yes. being racked with yeah, guilt he, about everything his entire life. And he's she guilty about him. his own existence because uh-huh. his conception killed the only man that she loved. Now, do you think that this is just, is is Ari Oster trying to make a universal yeah. statement about? Something like this, or is this just a very, a very specific thing to either his life or just this character's life? I don't know. I mean, I was reading a lot about this. It's not an experience I have had, but uh-huh. like the the overbearing, cockblocking Jewish mother is apparently like a pretty well trod, uh, if not trope, like cliche or Got stereotype. It. And uh, I think, I mean, like he seemed he's pretty tight lipped about his own experiences with like, I don't know, maternal. Uh, familial stuff. I mean, you look at this movie, you look at the inciting incident of Midsummer. Mm-hmm. you look at every single part of Hereditary. <laughs> <laughs> He's got some thoughts. Um, so I don't about know. If, I, think they, I think they can be read generally like about, you know, the role like a mother plays. Because like, you know, the first place he ends up in the suburbs, like, is her name Amy Ryan? Do I have the right? I don't remember. Name? Well, the, the woman there. Amy Ryan from The Butterfly Effect? <laughs> I might have that wrong, but uh, the woman there like effectively takes on like a mothering role because she wants her son replaced, yeah. right. and he wants his mom <laughs> to be he different. Died in, he was yeah. killed in action. That was so funny when they're all just sitting there looking. I don't know. This movie had a lot of fun little things to say. It's yeah. like, I don't know, like obviously horror and comedy are so close because it's so much about discomfort, composition, timing. Like, all the things that make great horror also are great for comedy and vice versa. I mean, mm-hmm. we've seen it happen with Jordan Peele, uh, Josh Rubin from College Humor. Like, it's so close. So to see Ari Aster, like, do this, like, makes me excited about the prospect of maybe future endeavors. Like, that he's not he's not pigeonholed, which I like. Like, yeah. this movie yeah. is scary and discomforting, but, like, that's some of the funniest stuff. Like, the... the the like shell shocked vet that lives in a VW van outside of their house who just screams. <laughs> it's just yeah. like it's it's awesome. It's so cool. He ends up becoming this kind of like terrifying force of nature for the rest of the movie. Yes. Who always shows up to chase Bo the next part of the story. You know he's coming. Yeah. I mean <laughs> like he trips in the woods and he's just oh. well, he's shooting his machine gun. <laughs> yeah, his machine gun through his up, shoulder. Like, Bo ends up in this like Tr- like theater troupe in the woods mm-hmm. and this this vet comes running out with his full auto gun blazing and then falls on top of it as it's firing. Yeah. And <laughs> it's just shooting bullets through his shoulder. Screaming. It's fully automatic. Yeah. yeah. And they do allude that like when he was deployed they found him shooting his own men. So you're like did he shoot their son? Like it's yeah. It's kind of like just up to interpretation and it's yeah. so funny. Every that's the thing like with Bo is like uh, I guess this is different. Just like every small anxiety you have, like, what if I leave my keys? What if I got too high? What if my therapist is telling people things that I say to them? And yeah. like everything like comes to pass, and yeah. it's like it makes his personal growth completely impossible. And like, 
say what you will about this movie, but like it's it's too long and stuff. But like I laughed at this one more than any of like Hereditary or Midsummer. Like I, I just I got a kick concerned. out of a lot of parts yeah. of this one. I feel like I had a. It, it was it wasn't so much like ha ha laughter and more just like what in the fuck is yeah. happening in a good way. I mean, like there's times where I'm like, all right, he's going here. I yeah. never, I never expected it to go there, but, uh, like the way it escalates, like at the very beginning when he needs to run across the street, get a water bottle. Uh -huh. So he props the door open with a phone book. And then when he's in the store on the other side of the street, he sees all of the vagrants and like murderous ne'er-do-wells mm -hmm. turn towards the open door and all flood in to <laughs> yeah. go to his apartment. <laughs> they go party in his place. <laughs> <It's> so funny. <laughs> the way it escalates, like the every wrong turn with how bad it gets is so funny. H have y'all ever se uh, seen the movie Wrong by no. Quentin Dupier? No. Um, in that, it, it's kind of, it's a similar cool world building exercise where basically just everything that happens is wrong, quote unquote. Like just things that wouldn't happen in reality are happening, but everyone kind of acts like they're real. I'm trying to, I don't remember any good examples, but it's like, I, I felt like that a little bit with this movie where the world is the point of the movie almost. Yeah. Where it's like, yeah, it's, it's the almost way like, he sees it. Yeah, it's anxiety, the movie, but told in this really heightened, cartoony way. Yeah. And obviously, and it's super long probably for that reason too. It's like he just wants to, he wants to make a statement with how long and just uh, dense this <laughs> crazy movie is. Um, another thing he said in terms of describing, he said um, he wanted the ending to feel like going through the guts of a man and coming out his ass. Um, does that send, <laughs> does that description mean anything? Is this anything all from one all? interview? Yes, <laughs> on a den of geek. Going through the guts of a man and coming out the ass. I mean, I will say like it was kind of just like a <clears throat> gross, grimy movie sometimes. Uh -huh. Like everything was just like like I need to wash my hands. Yeah, I felt very unsettled after a scene. Like it was just kind of I was just felt uncomfortable a lot. Which I, like when a movie yeah. makes me feel like that, I'm like. That I feel like that's good. I mean, yeah. I, I I called my girlfriend afterwards, and I was like, I don't think I liked that. But now coming off of it, I'm like, I do like that. Yeah. I'm I'm just really like it's torn weird. on it. I I I don't know. I, there's so much to like about it. It's, if it had not been so long, I think if it had been like two hours, maybe two thirty. I feel like I could take the the movie and cut <laughs> and cut it to a, a movie that I would really really like. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's a shame that I was so exhausted by the time the god Richard Kind shows up. Because, uh -huh. like, we've been hearing his voice, and I was like, I knew who that motherfucker is. <laughs> yeah. I knew exactly who that motherfucker is. <laughs> a man from the other most Jewish movie, A Serious Man. Uh, so, like, when he does turn up, I was like, all right, I, I don't want to keep watching this movie, but like, yeah, let me see what let me see what Richard Kind has to say. And that part was great, also too. Like the idea that you get to the end and then you're you're judged on your every single decision you've made in your yeah. life. Yeah. So let's get to the end. So obviously, Bo finally makes it. He realizes he finds out that his mom faked her own death, basically to just see how he would react. Yeah, to make him feel bad. To again. make him feel bad again <laughs> uh, and guilty, and then he gets tried in this kangaroo court. And found guilty of all of the in things. In like an arena? Yeah. yeah. In a giant cave? In a giant arena. And it's very much... Do you think he's out? Huh? You think he's out? Right. Yeah. Yeah. He runs away, he gets in the like, boat. Yeah. Right, which had been telegraphed in the play, remember, right? Because we see his entire life in the play, and then there's like the boat. You see yeah, like a, a flash. Well, you glimpses. also see when he's fast-forwarding the TV in the That's house. That's right. Yeah, yeah. the boat. At a certain point, they literally fast-forward... Time. They fast forward the movie. They fast forward through the movie, a la uh, Funny Games. Or, yes, just like Funny Games. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I was Michelle thinking that, when I saw that. 
Um, but also, the the end of the movie is very much mm-hmm. like uh, Albert Brooks is defending your life. Have you all seen that movie? No. No, but I like Albert Brooks. Well, you should definitely see this movie. And Ari Oster is, is a big fan of the movie, too. So uh, oh, again, he, he said that before. So I'm like, oh, once, once it got to the end, I'm like, oh, this is just straight out of defending your life. The whole movie of defending your life is Albert Brooks dies and then he goes to have or purgatory and has to defend all of his actions throughout yeah. his childhood and stuff. You know, mm-hmm. uh, it's like a, tr- a court court thing. So yeah. that's the end of this movie. He even too. had like a defendant too, but it was just like some poor public oh, defending defender. lawyer. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's even said so like one eight hundred defense above the lawyer, <laughs> and like they don't even have a microphone. They're just like yelling out, and you can yeah. barely hear what they're saying. <laughs> Which is the kind of representation that Bo would have. Yeah, <laughs> right before that, uh, attorney gets. Uh, Midsomar to some rocks. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He that does right. love doing that. He loves uh, dashing people upon rocks. Yeah, <laughs> which is pretty great. I'm yeah, down with it's that. you know it ended very quietly, and I was like, yeah, I guess I don't know how how else it would have ended. <laughs> He's just doomed. He's just doomed to always be that guy. Yeah. So yeah, did the end uh, happen literally? Is that uh, a <laughs> did that arena <laughs> exist, or was that in his mind? Uh, I mean, explain it for me, Jacob. Who knows how far this mother would go? <laughs> she clearly has a lot of money, so that's true. Yeah, she is a Walton. That's true. Yeah, but I no, it's it's totally detached, right? Sorry, yeah. I cut you off. No, yeah. you're right. I think like. However, it happens. However, this movie decides to end, whether it's like some weird like psycho dream world or something way more literal. All that matters is that he just gives up and resigns himself to this horrible existence where he just feels guilty all the time. And so he just explodes. <laughs> well, so, so wait. So so you think he gives up and then, uh, uh, I mean, he, he couldn't really do anything. He was just on that uh, that boat. Yeah. Like that struck me as like he's finally resigned himself to this. He's not going to fight it anymore and he's just going <laughs> to give up. Okay. Charlotte, what was your interpretation of the very end when he explodes and then everyone walks out of the theater in Pretty silence? Silently, yeah. yeah. Um, like I mean, I mean, he doesn't, he's not happy about it. He's not resigning himself. He's not yeah. sitting quietly. I never really stopped to wonder if it was literal at all. Cause I think I checked that at the door uh-huh. hours prior. <laughs> yeah, Cause everything that happens in this movie is like, just like a fantastic, like almost like what if, like a hypothetical, like what if the most anxious man actually, bore the brunt and uh, consequences that he feared for every action. And like, this seems like the natural end point to that, that like your, your every minute decision you make trying to live your own life in agency, like it's going to kill you one day. And so like, I mean, it's definitely, I don't think it's literal, but I think it is in terms of this world. Like mm-hmm. it's, this is just how like the most, saturated version of the world he experiences. And so like this may be like what his greatest fear is or what he sees at the end of all yeah. this. I don't really know. I'm not actually too worried about it. Yeah. Well, as I far think... as the movie goes, I was like, I buy this. I this makes sense to yeah. me. He gets crushed I, under yeah. the weight of it all. I think what you just said left. is a good way to yeah, it's more of like a metaphor for his anxious feelings almost. Yeah, and the logical conclusion to being being that way, yeah. being how this man child. Can we talk about the Parker Posey scene? Oh please, yes, yes. in detail. This yes. shit was so funny. It's probably <laughs> the most ordinary thing in the movie. Just, I, I can never place her. I, I, every time I see her face, I'm like, who is that? Have you ever seen Elizabeth Banks? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh no. Nope. Waiting for Guffman. She's great in it. Have you ever seen House of Yes? No, no. I have seen Waiting for Guffman. It's uh, the page. best. Um, 
JFK assassination based incest film oh, you'll ever see. Oh, sick. House of Yes. I'm going to add yeah. that to my list. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, how does he end up here? That was probably Parker a spoiler. Posey. Sorry. Okay. I'm crossing that off my <laughs> list. <laughs> Just kidding. Okay, um, it's going back yeah, on. You should see it. Uh, let's see. Oh, wait. Oh, you know what? It's time for an ad. Oh. Yeah. So we'll come back and talk. We'll come about back it. and talk about se- the sex scene here in a second. And uh, so uh, come, stay for the message. Stay after the messages. We'll talk about sex. See you soon. Most of the time, shopping for birthdays and other celebrations is fun. But when it comes to shopping for those closest to me, it's such a struggle to find a meaningful gift that they'll actually love. Luckily, Aura Frames are a great and thoughtful option for any gift-giving occasion. Name the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter, New York Mag, and Wired. Aura Frames are the easiest gift for all the occasions coming up on your calendar and the perfect addition to your home. Simply connect to your Wi-Fi and use the free Aura app to add unlimited pics and videos from anywhere in the world with no fees ever. Me and my brothers and sister all got one from my mommy, and she really loves looking at all of our pictures, just constantly rotating through the Aura frame. She thinks it's great, and your mommy will love it too. You can even preload frames with your favorite pics so they're ready to enjoy upon delivery. With over 3 million users, it's safe to say that the Aura magic is very real. You heard that right. Real magic. Right now, listeners can take advantage of Aura's best-selling Carver frames at their lowest price yet this time of year at $149. Just go to AuraFrames.com. That's A-U-R-A Frames.com. And viewers and listeners can use code FHPOD to get free shipping at checkout. Don't miss out on the gift of a lifetime. Terms and conditions apply. This podcast is brought to you by Sunday. It seems like every spring I find myself standing at the store wondering which products won't use harmful chemicals on my lawn. And when I do find seemingly all-natural products, they usually cost a small fortune. Well, that's where Sunday Lawn Care comes in. And right now, you can get your very own customized plan at GetSunday.com slash FHPod. You know who uses this all the time? Our very own Patrick Brown. And he says... It's amazing, and he vouches for it completely. No harsh chemicals, no long waiting periods, or trying to keep your kids and pets off the lawn. Simply apply, let it dry, and you're back to enjoying your yard. And you don't have to make any trips to the store or haul heavy bags since Sunday products ship straight to your home. As long as you have a hose, you're good to go. Sunday doesn't only have high-quality products, but it's also super affordable. Some lawn care services cost more than $1,500 a year, but Sunday's full-season plans start at just 109 buckaroos. And Sunday is offering our listeners 20% off. Full-season plans start at just 109 bucks, and you can get 20% off when you visit GetSunday.com slash FHPod at checkout. That's 20% off your custom plan at GetSunday.com slash FHPod. H pod. Yeah. And we're back to talk about the sex scene between Joaquin Phoenix and Parker Posey. Uh, Charlotte, is it one? what was your uh, thoughts on the sex scene? What are my thoughts on one of the most powerful orgasms captured on screen? <laughs> yes. It filmed in cinema, cinema history. Are uh, you talking about uh, Parker's or Joaquin's? When Joaquin's. He thought he was Joaquin's like, no! <laughs> yeah, stop! Like, stop! Stop! Oh, God! Oh, God no! 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 I was laughing so hard. I was like, <laughs> while he was having this it, it orgasm. Was so funny. And he's like, oh, 
when, when, he, when he literally said, I thought I was going to die. I thought I was going to oh, die. I cracked I up. Yeah. Somehow the die. most relatable thing in the whole movie. <laughs> I thought I was going to die. Because it's like he has spent his whole life in fear that that fucking, that boning down will kill him like it killed his father and his father's father before him. And But he's also so submissive that when it's happening to him, he can't stop it. And yeah. maybe it's morbid curiosity. Maybe it's because it's the woman that he's been pining after his entire life since yeah. she was torn away from him uh-huh. on a fateful cruise ship. She asked him to wait for she her. She asked him to wait for him. And then he finds her and this, you know, knockout, Parker Posey, yeah. 10, dime piece. <laughs> <laughs> she, she's like, mm-hmm. Bo. Yeah, it's like a fairy tale or <laughs> something. he looks like shit. <laughs> he's he looks bloody. awful. Yeah, and so like they get in bed, right? And... It's just like, it's so perfect that he actually can do this. Yeah. And actually he's been, he's like, what have I been living in fear of? You can like see the like clouds clear up and then she's like, hang on, I want to finish. And yeah. Then, you know, big spoilers if you haven't left yet yeah. for some reason, but then he's like, oh, what's going on with you? And then she's just fucking. Cuts nerd, just like, <laughs> she's dead. She's dead. She's, she's like, in rigor like mortis. First like blood yeah, vessels cop- in her capillaries eyes. capillaries in her eyes are all red and burst and she's just fucking dead with like her hand positioned. Yeah. Like, she's she, like, like, it was just, it was, he was too good. It was, well, it's so funny that it was all the come, maybe that, she yeah, also had life. the heart murmur because she was fine after he came. She's like, I want to as well. Yeah. And it's just so funny that this guy is so afraid that having sex will kill him, kills the first woman he has sex with. <laughs> and like the same, the thing happens to her. So he's like, he's like, if it's not going to happen to me, it could still happen to someone else. Yeah. And so like, you know, if he kept living, he would be just as afraid. Yeah. You know, if not more. And if another woman came into his life, he would probably still let it happen. Yeah. He'd be like, no, 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 I can't. It was so much used to get, you see like the hero shot of his big clanging balls. <laughs> oh my God, they keep showing it from like yeah, the foot of like, the bed. It's like, like she's sitting on two a beanbag soft balls. chair. Yeah, it's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like stealing jewelry before he comes in. She clearly resents his mother. Yeah, because they're in his mother's house after yes, her in funeral. her bed. Yeah. And, it's, and that says so much about like the only time he has sex is in, is in his mother's bed right after she dies, like yeah. the day of her funeral. And it's like the the fucking Oedipal shit <laughs> between well, these two is like, you know, you want to talk about another uh, classic, another epic. Like, goddamn. Goddamn, yeah. goddamn. God I, I was damn. actually going to go there because, you know, you could make some weird psycho Freudian case about like, did his mom uh, tell him that he, uh, not not to ever come? Because it's almost like she wanted them all for she herself. Yeah. Just you know, it's I like mean, no one can ever control the world. No one can ever get pleasure from my universe, little boy. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's scenes early on where it's like a flashback to when he's like on some yacht trip with his mom or something. They're like laying in bed together. She's kind of talking to him like sensually and stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah, those about, are the vibes. About like her, him being her Gross. like little man, little man and stuff. Nothing ever happens between them, but it's still very strange. He also, there's this version of her that he remembers, which is like the younger, more attractive, yeah. like like knockout that, that plays the young mother. And then there's brief moments when you see like the older woman. And it's like, that's like his idealized vision of his mother and then like the actual woman that she became and treated him as. And like, 
Oh man, <laughs> that shit was so funny when she died. Yeah, <laughs> it was like, like seriously like, one of the best moments in any movie I've yeah, seen in a while. Probably one of my favorites. The way he like throws her onto the floor. <laughs> yeah, she's it's just, just like just, bang. She's like a statue. <laughs> yeah, when they carry her out, like I kept waiting for them to like, oops, like knock her elbows or knees into a door frame. Like that's that was the vibe. Oh good. I mean, Lord. That's, it's worth seeing the movie for that alone. That's yeah, scene, I agree. You know, and you know, you would think, in a matter of speaking, that that's the climax. But it keeps going for like another yeah. forty-five minutes to an hour. <laughs> like a lot of better or worse. after that. There's a lot after that. I don't know. Yeah, that the movie lost steam for me after that. But also, it was like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just. I, I mean, the the recurring stuff about his like virility and stuff was always so funny. Like about like he, there's that a really long scene where he goes with the theater troupe and he's watching it and it turns into this like crazy animated store like hero's journey that he like inserts himself into Mm -hmm. and then it also mixes in all his weird like thoughts about the world it's like you will marry a woman and have sex with her to make a child and it's so bizarre and then because of like how that all mixes in it gets to the end and he reunites with his three children after he's just an old man his three beautiful boys and he talks about how like oh like I can't ever have an orgasm because my dad died and stuff then his kids are like well how did you have us and that takes him out of it and that part just (laughs) just ends yeah Yeah. (laughs) because you know it's coming you're in the audience and like obviously you know it's not real but even there is a moment where you're like this is going on a long time yeah it's been like like 15 minutes is is this real like is it am i wrong and then it's just like but dad if you never Shot rope. <laughs> How, How did you, you have us? Yeah. And then it's over. And then it goes right, right. back yeah, to the Yeah, and then movie. he's just standing there. He's young again. <laughs> it felt so long, which honestly, it feels like the length really made that part hit harder. And I, we've kind of touched on that part, but like the point of that scene, what? It's to see what his life would have been like without his mom's yeah. overbearing. It's uh, the power of theater, power of live theater performance. <laughs> yeah. Of course. Which is immediately followed by what's his name, like Jeeves. Yeah, Jeeves. Tear him apart, Jeeves. <laughs> Boy, blows up the lead of the play. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, there are these, like, fantastic moments of violence and panic that are mostly driven by Jeeves in the latter part of the movie. Like, when we, I mean, do we want to talk about the dick in the room? Oh, yeah. We should talk about the, <laughs> we should talk about the dick in the room. Still I mean, trying to unpack that one. Huge. Which is another great Jeeves part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, for... yeah. Just, like, using a, a veteran as a story technique to like I need to move the plot along I'm going to put an insane man suffering the most PTSD yeah <laughs> like he's just running down. he just yes. runs after Bo with a gun I, I, really, I really do like this movie a lot yeah. really yeah yeah I do I'm, I'm realizing it talking about it how much I appreciate it but like I don't think I want to watch it again yeah. no, well, it's yeah. like fun to talk about and think about now that we're not sitting here watching it. <laughs> I think I could maybe watch it at home with someone. Yeah. Where, like, I can pause it and go to the bathroom and I can, like, have a drink. I feel like it would be, yeah, fun to just have on in the background of, you know, a well, party or something. A party? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to pay attention to every minute of the yeah. But yeah, that, 180 uh, minutes. There's a penis monster. Yeah, we should talk about his dad. Yeah, so he goes up <laughs> into the attic um, where he was locked as a child, yeah. right? Mm, Quickly, like, before, no. yeah, like, he keeps having these, like, um, yeah. flashbacks. Uh-huh. To seeing his a dr- mom. A dream, he calls Yeah, a it. dream where he's, like, watching his younger self getting locked up in the attic by his mother. That's right. And he interprets it as, that's me, and my mom is putting me in the attic. As yeah. like, it's, like, 
it's some kind of that's her locking away my like true self and stuff. But then she gives him the revelation later that like that wasn't just a, that wasn't a dream. It was a memory. <laughs> she throw, locks him in the attic. <laughs> and yep. up there is that little boy all grown up in his little boy clothes. It's, it's an emaciated bow. Yeah. A huge beard chained to the wall. And I thought that was what it was going to be. And then it pans over and you're just like, bow. <laughs> Does it say bow? It, it a, does. A giant veiny penis monster. I, with enormous. like pincers, with like praying Little, mantis like, praying esque. Like, <laughs> it's huge. It's like, it's just sat on its like big balls. Yeah, it's, it's got just, a mouth. But it's not the tip. It's got a mouth on the front. Yeah, like, like the tip is like the top of its head. Right. Like it's a its whale. Hat. Like toad yeah. from Mario. Like it's, it's hat. Yeah. yeah. It's hat or toad from <laughs> But no, Mario. it's got like yeah. a gross little mouth. It's like, <gasps> Yeah, yeah. The and it's like so like gross and weird and shocking. And that was the moment where I was like, this is, oh, right. This is an Ari Aster movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. I nobody I, nobody does it quite like like Ari. I did, ex- I think I outwardly exclaimed when it happened because I was just <laughs> not expecting it at all. And I was like, oh, <laughs> And that's when Jeeves comes back in. He yeah, Jeeves bursting through the window of like a third story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was starting uh, to figure out. Stabs him in the balls <laughs> yeah, repeatedly. Yeah, and he just, he just like like Drax in Guardians, just like screaming, shooting it over and over. So funny. And then the the penis starship trooper stabs him in the top of the head. That's right. Yeah. And then Bo just I think falls down the stairs. Yeah. He falls down the stairs and he goes to apologize yeah. to his mom. Now, this may be a dumb question, but was that a practical giant penis monster or was that no, CGI? That was CG, definitely. Okay. Yeah, was and CG. Maybe the balls might have been practical. Yeah, they could have been Something for him to, like, stab. Could have been okay. beanbag chairs. Yeah. I can't tell anymore. Yeah, film. <laughs> it's, uh, film's <laughs> come a long now. way. No, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. You, this penises. is going to be compared to Jurassic Park. <laughs> <laughs> they um, should have this in the uh, AMC ad with Nicole Kidman when the door Oh, like, yeah. She's like... <laughs> The movies make like, us feel like we're watching a big penis. <laughs> yeah, and then it shows the big penis monster. Yeah. Um, they make us, our heroes, feel like part of us. <laughs> you haven't been stabbed in the balls. Um, so when we're getting to the end of our Boas oh. Afraid talk here, one just little moment that I remember that really made me laugh, uh, my favorite like practical gag was when uh, his neighbor like slides a single piece of paper like oh. 50 feet. <laughs> that was great. I was, was wondering awesome. how they did that. Because yeah. yeah. they track it with the camera and it lands. Like, obviously, there's some, like, trickery happening. Uh-huh. But, like, yeah. That was really that impressive was cool. shot. Yeah, I, I remember. Like... Yeah, because in that scene, like, he keeps getting notes under his door in his apartment complex. To, like, turn to your music cool. down. Turn yes. music down when he has music. Yeah. yeah. So, like, he keeps getting his notes, like, please turn the music down. People are trying to sleep. And it's still not him. And then that just keeps happening overnight. And then, like, this one note shoots all the way down his hallway, right it to the foot of his bed. In, yeah. And, and then it's, it's just, yeah, that was really impressive. And also, like, there's so many little things that maybe I will watch this again one day. Because, like, the fact that he has his bed set up, that he can turn his head from the bed and see through the bedroom through to the front door. Yeah. I feel like is, like, at the same time, like, that's because of his anxiety he needs to see what's happening. But also, that's even more anxiety-inducing yeah, because terrifying. you can see all the way to the front door. Yeah. Like, that's weird. <laughs> that's weird. And, like, he doesn't have it decorated and stuff, like, very much. And, like, there's constant screaming and cacophony <laughs> and music. And, like, it's like how the Safdie brothers put in voices of people that aren't there for yeah. scenes to just disorient you. That's the, like, world that Bo lives in. Yeah. When he picks up the fucking monitor with the shoe in it, it's so funny. <laughs> He's using it. I feel like the uh, that the shot we're talking about is 
it's really early on in the movie. And to me, that was the first shot where I'm like, okay, what reality, like what are the rules of this universe? You know, cause clearly that would not happen in real yeah. life. <laughs> and so, but, it, but I feel like every scene up till then obviously is a little weird and off yeah. and heightened, but it's not like, so like almost just airplane esque. Yeah. Uh, this is before it really gets over yeah. the top, like guys hanging well, out I mean, of a bending. bathtub and that's stuff. That's true. Yeah. But that guy did like just scream and chase him into the apartment building. Yeah. Like, that was crazy. That shot <laughs> where he like drops the soup or something. He's like, it's too hot. And he looks up and he's like so tatted. And then it, you know, directly 180 shot of Bo just like running down the street <laughs> uh-huh. towards him. And it's like, you're like, I'm scared of him. Is that our protagonist? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, well, anything else y'all want to bring up about the movie before we wrap this? Yes? Yes. I just want to talk about Nathan Lane and yes, how much I love again. him saying, oh, you're not God. healed, my dude. You're not healed, my dude. <laughs> He's so hokey. He's just... Yeah, I love him. Like, see, I was like, because I didn't know anything about this movie. Uh-huh. I hadn't seen any trailers or anything. And I saw Nathan Lane. I'm like, oh, it's Nathan Lane. Cool. Mm-hmm. Were you also like that when you saw the back of Bill Hader? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Like, Because he calls his house after, um, to just contact his mom. That's when like a random UPS driver picks up the phone. Is that Bill Hader? And then you yeah. see him on the news and he has his back to the camera, but it's 100% just Bill Hader. Yeah. That's so funny. I had no idea. People were <laughs> laughing in the theater. I'm like, I guess that is a funny bit. Yeah, because like it's just his voice and like he turns his head a little bit and you see enough. It's like, is that Bill Hader? <laughs> yeah, right. You just so don't weird. see his face. The UPS guy was really funny. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because he picks up the phone. He's like, there's a woman here. Like, her head's been crushed by a... <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah, but he's like, maybe maybe you dial the wrong number. Like, you should you should try that number, and then, like, maybe it's the wrong number. And then Bo calls, then the UPS guy picks up. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, That's all. That's it's all. funny. There's, like, so much funny stuff <laughs> in the movie, too. I, I, I liked it. Everyone, let us know down in the comments whether you liked the movie if you saw it. Also, uh, if you agree or disagree with any of our takes on the film or if you, you have no clue what we're talking about what do you about? think the movie's about yeah if you have no clue what we're talking about just let us know down in the comments Rick are you gonna see it Rick you gonna see it I was asleep this whole time what happened <laughs> we're talking about a movie Rick was making Rick, the same face I was go back to bed in the movie going like this <laughs> but Rick before you go back to bed we do have to uh, uh, go <gasps> into our next segment Charlotte you're welcome to stay but you can also get the hell out if you have uh, no interest it's sipping with Survivor oh! this week we're talking about Survivor all right, Charlotte's staying. I mean, how long is it going to go? Five, ten minutes. Yeah. You, know. you started saying five and then you doubled it. <laughs> it's five, ten, twenty, forty minutes. All right. Hot damn. Welcome to Sippin' with Survivor, our bi weekly Survivor recap segment here on the Funhouse slash Filmhouse podcast today. Um, so, Charlotte, guess what you've missed? In the last two weeks, it's it's been insane. Ah, oh, I don't know how yeah. to guess. I watched <laughs> one episode to. of Survivor. In the last two weeks, you've missed fourteen week, fourteen days of Survivor. Yeah. <laughs> don't let me be a fly on the wall. I'll just observe. Yeah. So, and I'll ask questions if I if yeah, I feel I like should. So essentially, um, we, we we've had two episodes. Uh, in the first episode, um, uh, Matt Blankenship. Got sent home. So yep. that half of, the showmance. Half of the Manny showmance. So there was yeah. a showmance this season. Matt and Franny were to, were an item. Okay. Yeah. And two they, dweebs. Two dweebs. And everyone knew that they had to break them up because they're too powerful as an item. Mm-hmm. So um Franny was heartbroken to see that Matt got got sent home. There were tears. There were tears. Matt knew that he didn't he he figured out that he he was given a fake idol. Remember that? Right. Um, what? Yeah. Someone gave him a fake idol. Someone gave him a fake idol, they, Charlotte. Yeah. So he thought. 
thought for a while he'd he thought that he was safe, but then he kind of figured out that oh, there's fake idols in play. Yeah, Mine he assumed probably he fake. probably had a fake one. Yeah, so uh, it was him or was it Jam Jam that was probably going to get Jam Jam almost out got tested out. Which again, okay, I was going to ask you because you know Lauren uh, uh, had her what her weird steal a vote or something. Yeah, or you have to somebody. you have to vote how I want, and she controlled Jam Jam or something, right? I can't remember who she controlled. I I forget Lawrence at the show a lot of times. All time. I know is that it had no effect, you know? Yeah. The, the whole her whole thing had no effect on the final tally. Essentially so. wasted it. Yeah. Now the best part though, uh Charlotte, I know that the, you're gonna think that this part's really good. Okay. Uh-huh. Is the best part I think of the season so far, the the, the, the hardest I laugh was there was a competition uh this last week <laughs> where uh it's people having to Stand and it's like an endurance competition. It looks extremely different. Where you have to stand on these little uh, pegs and it's really hard. And it's the last person standing on the peg. Yeah, Charlotte, the picture there's pegs. like two boards standing parallel to each other. I'm picturing it. Yeah, and um, you there's like these two uh, like kind of slats on, on each side because you you do climbing, so it's kind of like handholds, but it's just something for you to stand on. Yeah, but so like little pieces of your foot are on there, and it's yeah. really hard to stand. But you have but, to keep getting lower and lower, and they get smaller and smaller. So you just less of your foot on this thing. So are you, you like hold up. on either side of this plank? Yeah, with it, it between your legs. It's like it's, no, it's like on on the side of you. There's one yeah, to the left, like, one to like the right. One on the left, one on the right. So you're like wedging yourself into this thing, trying to stand up. It's yeah. it, That part doesn't matter. The most important it part. easy. It does, <laughs> but after a while it gets harder. But the mm, funny part no. is that it was down to two people, uh-huh. and Danny and Lauren, Danny I think. Danny and Lauren, yeah. And, then, team up and then at then. some point, you know, and they're all sitting there concentrating, and then Danny just goes, hey, Jeff. Yeah. And Jeff's the host, the Jeff host. Probst. And then he goes, yeah. And then Danny... Just farted. He just rips ass. <laughs> and, and everyone's like, what the fuck? <laughs> Including the Lauren who's was up there really too. really funny. It was hilarious. And then Jeff just goes, nice. <laughs> and then and Danny's like, oh. <laughs> so and then he loses. Yeah, and then he lost. <laughs> he loses like 30 seconds later. That was so awesome. Though. It was so funny. Oh, my God. Wow. There's been a couple, there's a couple of moments this last episode where it's just like, they made me laugh quite a bit. Like, what were the other ones? Like, I mean... There's that challenge where it's a net oh, over yeah. mud, where Carolyn it's like it's like twisted. And you have to get in the net and like twist through it, untwist it, and crawl through the mud to get to the other side. Oh, like horribly it. claustrophobic. Oh, but as soon as I saw it, I'm like, "There's no way Carolyn's getting through this thing." <laughs> and then this woman is insane, and yeah. then and she uh, is terrible at challenges. Just and and not only just terrible, it's like she makes a big show of how terrible she's like. <laughs> oh, I can't do it. Oh. And then, like, so everyone else is just getting through it uh, yeah. pretty quickly. But then she's just in the mud, just being like, what? Yeah, she's just in this net going, ah! <laughs> yeah. And then her her partner is just, like, really, like, innocent, feeble little kid in the set going, but also very capable. You can do it, Carolyn. You got this. Like, yeah, like as quiet as possible. Yeah, but he's, like, and he's always sick. been kind of, like, a big player in this game, I feel like. Uh-huh. And he's stuck with Carolyn in this challenge. Otherwise, Carolyn's been great outside the challenges. But him just standing there going... You're doing great, Carolyn. While she's laying in the mud, trapped in a net, just going, ah! Well, and he's been <laughs> so puking. Funny. He's literally, he's what? super sick the whole time. So, yeah. so he, you can tell he doesn't want to get in. He's like, we already lost this. So don't <laughs> make me, I'm all sick. Don't make me get in this mud. Yeah. Carolyn just kind of sit there. So he's just like, please, yeah, Carolyn, you got this. And then finally she gets through it and there's no hope for them. But he's just like, okay, I got to go in the mud, I guess. So he's just going through the motions of it and then yeah. he gets out. By that you know? time it's over. Yeah, it yeah. So but funny. it showed him sick. It like showed him he had a hood over his head, like a hoodie on, just crawling through the sand. I was like, who is that? <laughs> they just crawled into a bush and then just like, Bleh! oh yeah, he pukes everywhere. <laughs> oh my God, somebody's horribly sick right now. 
Um, there's not much more to talk about. I mean, the fart was the big thing that I wanted yeah. to cover. Yeah, this I week. wanted to do um, Also, the title of the episode. Do you remember what it was? I don't actually. It was um, "Don't Get Cocky, Kid," which was something Kane says. Oh, you know what Indiana movie that's Jones. from? What is that? Indiana mm-hmm. Jones? Oh, it's Star Wars. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But when they're in the Millennium Falcon and Luke's like, I got one. And Han's like, great kid, don't get cocky. Because right. Kane's a big dumb nerd. That's right. right yeah. Right. yeah. Oh, right. He's always talking about like, oh, D- this is like D&D. There's magic like, idol uh, spells this, and stuff. This belongs in a museum. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of that. From Star Wars. Yeah, it's Star a trap. Wars. Yeah. I don't know okay. what you're talking about. Okay. Well, if you guys want to talk about season three of Love Island, like I'm game for that. I'm oh, sipping for uh, Love really? Island. Really? Uh, with uh, uh, Montana? Yeah. Uh, I'm deep into that season. I'm uh, not that deep, but but well, I just... I just got to episode like six. They just added two new girls to the girls to the villa. Yeah, um, is this uh, a new Olivia. Segment? Not uh, Olivia. I'm not that far yet. Well, no, but I thought it was the two new girls. Uh, Tyne anyway. Lexi. Tyne Lexi. Yeah, yeah I can't believe we're watching the same season. My name is Tyne Lexi. Yeah. Well, Patrick recommended it. Yeah, that's I, that's a great season. I just love that. Uh, uh, just a general reality TV note. What they decided to keep in because there's this one guy early on, Harley, uh-huh. who sucks. Uh huh. And like every they, every single bit that he's involved in. He's just is putting, just showing his whole ass, uh-huh. and he's just such a dumb idiot. And it's like, <laughs> how does anyone? And then like, as soon as it comes time for spoiler for him to go home, because he's left out in the uncoupling. Everyone's like, I feel like I lost my best mate, haven't I? <laughs> and then like another woman, the most normal woman there, she's like, I just feel like he was the most like me, and this place is not going to be the same without him. And I'm like, what are they talking about? And then I'm like, oh, they didn't show any of the like things of them just hanging out. Yeah. But then he's actually like apparently like a fun, nice dude. She's like, we would eat breakfast together because he's the only one that also liked porridge. And I'm like, why didn't I see any? We of this? had good banter and good chat. Yeah, good. Well, he's got he didn't have crack. I think yeah, it's the we problem. Yeah. Crack, yeah. He, he was fit. You, you, Not really, though. Well, fit. You're talking about the the woman who uh, was, uh, dis- disarms bombs for yes, a living? Yes, the explosive yeah. ordinance disposal. She's the only normal one. So, she's normal, and even among normal people, she's extraordinary, but like too, fa- too far in overcorrection from everyone else because she'll be like, well, I was positioned in Afghanistan, and I naturally, you know, I'm I'm a bit afraid to show skin because of the, you know, the bodily autonomy and freedom of women there. And one goes, "Yeah, right, love, that's so crazy." <laughs> anyway, I don't think Brendan fancies me. <laughs> it's, like, it's so funny in Discord. I'm like, somebody get this woman out of here! But she's loosening up, and she seems to be enjoying right, herself. I think she went on some dates with Prince Harry. What? What? Yeah. Don't tell me that. Well, it's a, it's a, a TMZ <laughs> thing. You wouldn't know it, you know. Before the show? Huh? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. So she's okay. Okay. Ryan, what? I think for I'm just I'm sorry. For, for the next podcast you produce, you're, it's now going to have to be two segments. There's going to be Love Island one for 15 minutes, <laughs> yes, and yeah. the Survivor one. Right, yeah. I've only it's funny that and, and Lego Masters. I, <laughs> Lego Masters. <laughs> I've only Plato one, uh, Rick. <laughs> some stupid Plato shit. I don't remember. Man. It's called like pooping it or something. Some shit, yeah. Pooping it. <laughs> I've only seen season three of Love Island, so it's funny you just brought that one. <laughs> this is the one you're watching. It's I've seen a lot of season one, and then like a bit of a later one. It is great because you start to like really read into it. You're like, yeah. I'll have to check it out. Ro- so. That show rocks. It's, it's, it's it awesome. Out. Yeah, because um, the lads, you know, just have pool parties. And were stuff. we? Oh yeah. The, the only other thing about <laughs> the Survivor, the Survivor. Uh, yeah. season yeah. is, uh, is that Brandon got out. You know, that was a pretty cool blindside. Smart. 
yeah, big from move Danny. There. Danny uh, played his idol and negated six votes for himself for for, for Franny. Franny. Yeah, yeah, because Franny they were gonna get Franny out immediately, but then um, now she's staying and Brandon, uh, the ex football player, is yeah. out. Who's big very like he's strong, like very physically capable. Was always really good at challenges. And they're like you don't want that. Yeah, they're like this right? guy's really good. Let's well, at, it's they kind of did it at the perfect time because at the beginning you do want the, him to be on your team. You want him to stay so that you your team doesn't ever have, have to go to tribal because you yeah. win everything. But right. once they get to the merge, he's the first. He's exactly the person you want to get out because he's yeah. going to win every single challenge. Um, you know, if you don't get which those is how this one started. Like him and Kane were just immediately winning their right. the immunity challenge exactly until they got to the end. Then they they couldn't hack it. Wow. Well, Charlotte, you have anything to say about survive this Survivor? No, I, I and besides Love Island, I don't watch a lot of reality TV. I'm okay, mostly that's just watching SVU these days. Interesting. So if you ever want to talk Very about good. that, all right, we'll ha- we'll have an SVU segment next time you're on. <laughs> watching an episode earlier about a woman that gets burned alive. Jesus fuck, that's awesome. <laughs> I uh, r- real quick, uh, w- were you the one telling me that that somebody uh, put? somebody else's blood inside of them yeah and then yeah yeah the, yeah 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 he got he needed a blood test to avoid a paternity connection. and he just but acc- he love accident- island yeah yeah but then he accidentally took the blood of like a, a cold case pedophile yeah right <laughs> so and it's like so it the, fa- the blood that he used that wasn't his got him in for an even bigger <laughs> yeah oopsie Jesus. watched episodes last night with <laughs> gary cole and Stephen lang Stephen oh lang. i didn't know gary coleman was on uh Gary Cole. He was like, on his yeah. SUV. Right? The guy from uh, Office Space, is that his name? Gary Cole? I don't remember. And then he goes, yeah. <laughs> that guy. <laughs> Uh, Maybe it's not Gary Cole. Gary Coleman, I have not seen in the show. No, no, (laughs) guess it's possible, but (laughs) I think I'll know. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks everyone for watching the Film House podcast. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed this Bo's Afraid and Symphony for Survivor segment. Um, We'll see you next week. Lindsay's going to have a podcast planned for us. And thanks for being on the show, y'all. Of course. Thank you. Yeah, it's toasty. I know. I'm going to go outside. And uh, cool off. You guys want to go catch a matinee? Okay. Yeah, let's, let's, let's go, watch Bo's let's go yeah. see Bo's Afraid again. Rick. Peace out, everyone. Rick, you're coming with us. I'm down. Let's do it.